Hello, friends, and welcome to the Deeper Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Paul White. It is the 30th day of December, and as we reminded you yesterday, today will be a special essay edition because we skipped the essay edition for November because we were in Advent and we wanted to take some time and treat that properly. This written version of the essay can be found at our website, paulwhiteministries.com, but it will be found under the November 2022 heading. The December essay edition will be tomorrow on the podcast. So now here is from an old chapter we fleshed out that we originally started writing back in 2016 for a book that was never finished, but a bunch of sermons came out of it. This one was originally titled Romancing the Shadow. Here's the essay edition for November, airing in December 2022. Colossians chapter 2, verses 16 and 17. Let no one judge you in food or drink or festival or Sabbath, which are a shadow of things to come, but the substance is of Christ. The calling card of the religious is the measurement of the tangibles, holiness, performance, disciplines. These are the things that are quantifiable and can be measured in one way or another. This is like candy for religion. The great irony is that religion specializes in what we would consider substance, and yet the New Testament considers that substance to be nothing more than a shadow of things to come, like a shadow cast across the floor. Somewhere between the shadow and the light is a substance. It is the substance that really matters. The shadow is only an image. For Israel, the temple and all its accompaniments served as a physical substance to their religion. Everything involved in their worship ceremony tilted toward the tangible. Sight, sound, touch, smell were all important and vital to their comprehension of God and to themselves. When Paul declared these things to be a shadow of things to come, he was introducing a revolutionary doctrine to say the least. Christianity is less about the tangible, though the tangible can contribute to our concepts of worship and of God. Solace can be found in icons, art, and in the beauty of the physical structure of a cathedral. But the basis of our faith is not on the triggering of our emotions. We have the substance of Christ living within us, while never actually touching the substance that made Jesus human. It is a great reversal that Judaism had the substance and then the substance named Jesus arrived. Once he ascended into heaven and then descended into his church through the fire of Pentecost, all that had been considered substance became shadow to the substance that is now invisible. We give people plenty of reasons to think of us the way that we do. In our best... We hope to be perceived as someone who represents Jesus. However, some see us as bizarre due to the one fact that we believe that Christ lives within us. We make a big deal of this fact in our faith because it is more than a theoretical concept. It is an actual belief. At its core, Christianity does not believe that Jesus is represented within us, but that Christ is happy to have exchanged a natural temple with a body and a soul. He happily went from the substance of a natural temple to the internal, invisible substance of a physical body. This is why we believe it is because Jesus never leaves us. 
This belief is not ceremonial. It is literal. Perhaps the closest we can come to understanding this concept is to consider those that we love. When we are absent from them, they are just as real in our hearts. We can almost literally feel them, smell them, and hear the sound of their voice. This is more than mere familiarity. This is a deep connection that spans time and space. This could be part of the mystery that Paul spoke of to the Ephesians, how a husband and a wife become one flesh. To illustrate this point, I'm reminded of the time when my wife and I were dating. We lived about an hour apart in the days before email or cell phones or social media. We had a telephone and a car, so we did what generations had done before us. We ran up long-distance telephone bills and burned up miles on the highway to spend every available moment we could together. Anything I could have of hers would make me feel closer to her when we were apart. I remember that she had a little red pillow that she had sprayed with some of her perfume. I kept that pillow with me so that when we were apart, the powerful sense of smell could make me feel closer to her. Scent is the most powerful emotional connection. It is possible to be mentally transported back to your childhood with just one smell, like hot biscuits in the morning or fresh linen sheets. This might be why Paul told the Corinthian church that they were the smell of Christ to God. Think of that. When he leans into his church, he picks up the scent of his son. After my wife and I had been married a few years, we bought a house, and while we were moving, I found that little red pillow stuffed away in a box. I put it to my face to smell it, and a flood of memories came back. The smell was faint, but it was there. I found it again a couple of years ago. The scent was completely gone, and so were the feelings associated with the pillow. The pull that it used to have on me was gone as well. It hit me that I no longer needed the pillow. It was simply a shadow of the woman that I had fallen in love with. I had the real thing, so the pillow had nothing to represent anymore. In fact, now the pillow is only a memory and reminds me of the time when I did not have what I wanted. It used to be hopeful, but now it's just sad. At this stage, it would be odd for me to be more excited about that little red pillow than I am about my wife. Once the substance has arrived, there is little use for the shadow. Jesus took all the things that were contrary to us, the religion meant to define you, and nailed it to his cross. Whatever was an obstacle has been removed through Christ. Paul wrote to the Colossians that they had been released from the celebrations of festivals and new moons and Sabbaths. These were religious activities that were a part of the substance of their religion. To fail regarding the festivals and the lunar calendar and the Sabbaths was evidence that you were not observing the commands. But Paul presents these as the little red pillow. Once you come to Christ, you do not need the things that constitute the shadow. These things were important to you at the time, but they were only a hope for the thing that was to come. To return to the representative would be to romance the shadow. No one kisses a picture of their lover when their lover is in the room. Everything the Mosaic religious structure did amounted to little more than a sin management program. Warnings and injunctions did not stop people from sinning, nor did it transform their hearts. Jesus judged sin and evil on the cross, thus rendering any system at management obsolete. 
The question we must ask is, how good of a job do we think that Jesus did? If you think his work is a finished work, then you have no old system to go back into. Not only was the Old Testament a shadow of who Jesus is, but the temple was a shadow of you with God living inside now. Christ is in you, and you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. There is no need to only imagine what it will be like to walk by his side. You've been walking with him, living inside of you since you first came into the faith. I hope that you can see this union and perceive how important it is in your faith journey. If you imagine a distance, or as we have said previously, you're living under the illusion of separation, you might be tempted to go back to the little red pillow of your religious performance. If you're not fully convinced by the substance of Jesus, you run the risk of romancing the shadow of your own dead works. I both challenge you and I caution you. There is no drug in the world more addictive to come out from under its grip than that of religion. At least with drugs or alcohol, you can circle the date on the calendar that marks the last time you fell off the wagon. With religion, you deal daily with the cool shadow of the religion that defined you and find yourself slipping into works and performance, whether you're in the church, holding a Bible, or even giving it another thought. I caution you against becoming infatuated with doing good things. They will be so addictive because they are so good, but the doing of them brings you no righteousness, no favor, no special place in the heart of God. I am not advocating for the end of evangelism or Bible study or prayer time. I do not wish to see our churches drained, our offering plates empty, and our seminaries void of students. But I hope that we will do none of those things because we think we derive our grace or our forgiveness from them. When we do, we romance the things while failing to romance the person. This is a word we must come back to repeatedly as the church finds fresh infatuation with shofar horns and prayer shawls while writing the latest best-selling book on the secrets to unlocking God's favor through the Jewish feast days. May God give us fresh excitement in the true substance, the man, Christ Jesus. May we fall in love with his stories, his words, and his sacrificial offering on the cross. May the resurrected Jesus infatuate our time, our efforts, our sermons, and our songs. May God give us an end to the days of romancing the shadow. The substance is alive and well. Grace to you.